The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Coming down the aisle at a total combined weight of 471 pounds, Casey Cage, Chad Jackson, Riker, Lale. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey Cage. And I am Chad Lale. And we thank you for joining us again for another episode this week. And uh, man, I've had a pretty good week. How about you? A good one. Yeah. I was in Boston, you know, and uh, I hate driving in Boston, but the weather was nice. Uh, the show was good. And good thing is I'm close to home this coming week, but it's been a good week. The little one's uh, uh, just doing her cheer thing and gymnastics, man. She's all over the place. So we've just been uh, preparing for the fall season, which I'm really, really ready for. Oh, man. I'm telling you. That's that's awesome. So, uh, you know, last week we left off. uh, We got into uh, Acts chapter 8 just a little bit, mainly discussing Saul and how he was persecuting the church. And uh, I want to run back through this just to kind of, Give people the idea again. Um, We're not primarily going to be talking about Saul today, uh, unless the Holy Spirit leads otherwise. Uh, We'll mainly be talking about Philip in chapter 8. But uh, in chapter 7, we discuss Stephen. And at the end of it, it says that uh, basically this young man named Saul consented to uh, what they were doing consented to Stephen's death. And, uh, and it says that Saul, um, in chapter eight and verse uh, three, it says, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered everywhere, uh, Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Man, it's just just to think of that kind of persecution. And what Saul was doing, he thought he was doing for God. Yeah. Dude, we're going to get in today uh, of this. this. So real quick, uh, before I get sidetracked. I have some notes here, and it says, it says the Greek word translated. So my ESV version. Uh, says, but Saul was ravaging the church. So ravaging is, says translated in Greek is rare, but it's used um, to refer to the destruction of like a wild boar, where it says picture of Saul tearing through the streets of Jerusalem, breaking into homes, pulling people out, dragging them off to prison, murdering all these other things. So you imagine this wild boar, you know, we all seen videos of wild boars just wreaking havoc on whatever their, their food or, or whatever area they're in. So you can only imagine it's probably like a hurricane, like the Tasmanian devil. I, I, <laughs> I use the Tasmanian devil, like just sweeping through something like a hurricane because he's so, he hates this idea of Jesus being preached. Um, so today, I mean, really, I know you and I have talked about continuing into Acts 8 and talking about this scattering and what this caused or what kind of ripple effect this caused for the word of God, where Saul, his intentions were to demolish this Christ or this preaching of the gospel. But <laughs> it's crazy to see how God took that and used it for good. But yeah, I mean, you know, we here in America haven't experienced that, but we've seen the things over the past month in Afghanistan where these Christians, um, 
you know, we don't, we, we see some videos of this, these, I mean, terrorists practically pulling them out of their homes, you know, they're being murdered, they're being persecuted. So I imagine that's what Saul is doing to the extent of that as well. Yeah. And it's a really, a really sad thing. Uh, you know, nobody, no matter what their faith or religion, nobody should be persecuted. And, you know, they, you know, we preach the gospel and we tell people, this is what the word of God says. And it's out of love. We're not saying it because we hate them. We're not saying, but we don't beat people over the head with the Bible and try to force them uh, to believe the way we believe. But we share the gospel with them out of love. And because we know it's real, we know the transformation that has taken place in our own hearts and lives. Um, But with Saul going from door to door and dragging men and women off to prison, uh, man, it's just such a, such a horrible thought that people just simply, and, and what's happening in Afghanistan and I'm sure other places around the world too, people being uh, tortured and thrown in prison and killed just because they believe in Jesus. Yeah. And you see, and you see, as we, we continue in Acts 8 here, man, how the gospel would not go away. It would not die. We touched, uh, I guess, a week ago or so on, on Gamaliel. I guess that's how you say his name, where he said, you know, leave these people be just like all these other quote unquote fake religions. Once, um, you know, it's heard or once it's over, it'll just, they'll disperse. But, you know, the gospel for over 2000 years is not dispersed, not one bit, no matter the persecution that we see uh, going on today or even then. I mean, all it did was cause this scattered, um, these scattered believers to just continue to preach the word. Amen. And, and they did not, they did not fear uh, to the point of stopping preaching the gospel. I mean, you would think most people, uh, they, they're uh, faced with uh, persecution and, and death, and they scatter and go somewhere else. Maybe they would go and, and stop talking about that stuff that got them in trouble to begin with and go start a new life and just try to live their life. But no, right. as we see right here with Philip, uh, it, we'll pick up in verse five. It says, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord, there's that phrase again, one accord, yep. Yep. heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. So we see that Philip, uh, he was persecuted and driven out of Jerusalem, uh, but he goes to Samaria and finds people and just continues preaching Jesus. Mm. And we, we, it takes me back to Acts 1-8, where, where they said that they would go to the ends of the earth, Ju, you know, Judea, Samaria. And I want to touch on that word scattered, because we're probably going to be using that a couple of times here. How Philip was one of those who was kind of pushed out of that area, forced to 
um, I guess evacuate or flee or whatnot. But God, once again, used that for good. And that word scattered, um, I wrote down in some notes here again, I'm not even going to try and pronounce the uh, Greek of this because I'll slaughter it. But so it pretty much means that believers, we are believers. We are God's seed. So what happens when seed is scattered or, you know, uh, you know, by the wind or whatnot, Warren Wiersbe said it best. He said, persecution does to the church what wind does to seed. It scatters it and only produces a greater harvest. So we see this, that this scattering uh, that Paul, you know, caused and Philip went, you know, into another region. All it did was cause the the gospel and God's word to just flourish even more and grow even more. And I mean, you know, here we are in America today because of this scattering effect. We have the gospel. Amen. Man, I, I, that's awesome. I love that quote. I've never heard. Yeah. I've never heard that analogy of the wind blowing the seed and but if you think about it, that's exactly what would happen. And that's what happened when uh, the believers were being persecuted in Jerusalem. They spread. And therefore, when the believers spread, the gospel spread. So now we see um, about 2000 years later. And like you said, here in America and other places around the world, we're a product of these guys being spread around the the world and and continuing to preach the gospel. Thank God that these these people uh, did not cower away. Right. That they continued uh, to suffer the persecution and preach the gospel and move forward for the glory of God. Because if they hadn't, we probably wouldn't be sitting here talking uh, like we are right now. Right, man. And you got the men like Philip, uh, and I'm sure there's so many others that, you know, the Bible doesn't mention. There's got to be. But Philip, you know, it, it says that he was one of the original deacons appointed by the apostles. Um, but like Stephen, he ended up becoming a very effective evangelist. So everywhere he went, he was sharing the gospel. And Philip's only talked about, I believe, here in Acts 8. And then I want to say you may know a little bit more. Um, on Acts 21, maybe I think they touch a little bit about him, but he's not, it's not spoken of much, but when he is spoken of here in Acts eight, you see the effect that he had, um, as it says in verse seven, you know, he's, he's casting out unclean spirits and healing and, you know, the man's obviously filled with the Holy spirit. So, um, for him to uh, be performing these miracles, you see what the power of the Holy spirit can do, uh, in us as believers. Amen. Uh, let's see. So let's pick up here in uh, verse nine. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Simon here. It says, but, yeah. but there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying this man is the great power of God. So there is a warning to us that uh, just because there's something miraculous taking place don't necessarily mean that it's of God. Uh, Satan has counterfeit uh, everything. So uh, we always have to, that's where uh, the spiritual gift of discernment comes in. 
And, you know, uh, lead, uh, the leading of the Holy Spirit and allowing him to uh, to produce discernment in us on, on these different things. Um, but they thought that he was the great power of God. And it says, and they hated him because he was he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. We'll get back to that here in just a minute. Mm -hmm. Then Simon himself believed. And when he was baptized, continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. There's another example of it doesn't matter who you are. The gospel can change anybody. Right. Right. And I think what we see here is that Simon started seeing all these miracles and, and maybe at the time, at the beginning, Simon's heart was right. But once he started seeing all these miracles happen, um, like you said, the enemy can use, uh, I mean, great men, I mean, great men and great women of God to, to uh, perform miracles. And, and I mean, in the name of Jesus kind of thing that they're uh, false prophets or whatnot. Um, but what we see, I think is Simon ended up, <clears throat> wanting to glorify himself more than using the gospel to glorify Jesus. He mm -hmm. saw all these miracles happening. He started getting puffed up. The enemy started um, kind of enticing his ego, maybe with money or whatever fame riches. And I think it's a warning to us too, as, as you know, if you're listening to this and you have a calling on your life to be a preacher or an evangelist or whatnot, you, you, I believe all of us as believers have to check our egos. We have to yes. sit back and go, okay, Lord, you're using me for a reason. You know, God's given me a platform of professional wrestling. I could easily go, well, I'm a professional wrestler on, you know, whatever live TV. I mean, you know, I can, I could use that, but I don't want to humble myself. So give glory to God, you know, and I think Simon allowed that, allowed the enemy to start puffing him up and he will glorify himself more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. He eventually did. Uh, and one thing, oh, well, we better not skip, skip through because this is, uh, important. We'll pick back up on Simon here in just a minute. Uh, mm. but verse 14. Okay. I want to run back to, to verse 12 again. It says, but when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Okay. We've right. talked about this a little bit in the beginning of our study of the book of Acts. Okay. It says that they believed. So what do you do to be saved? You believe, believe. in them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, okay. They were, be they believed and they were water baptized. So these were saved people. Mm -hmm. Now we go back to verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when they laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. And Simon saw 
Through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, and he offered them money. So before we go back to talking about Simon there, uh, I, I posed this question when we very first, I believe, when we were covering Acts chapter 2. Right. And talking about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Verse 12 tells us that these people were saved. Uh, then verse 14 tells us that that they sent Peter and John down there to lay hands on them for them to receive the Holy Spirit. And then it says that Simon saw something. Right. Okay. You can, you can be prayed for and there not be any kind of manifest you know, any kind of manifestation, somebody can just lay hands on you, pray for you. And, you know, you thank you. And you walk back to your pew or whatever. Right. Uh, I've seen it happen plenty of times. There was something that happened here that Simon saw because he, he witnessed the power of God coming on these people. And he wanted what Peter and John had. Um, I personally, I personally believe that this is just like Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, that when the apostles laid hands on uh, these people, that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and maybe spoke in tongues, prophesied and magnified God, like it says in Mm -hmm. other places. Right. Yes. And and I think that, um, you know, Simon exhibited the same mindset that maybe Judas had, where he was trying to put a material price on the Holy spirit instead of having a spiritual, you know, encounter with the true risen Christ. You know what I mean? So he, he was obviously like we touched the base a minute ago, trying to uh, glorify really himself, trying to, what is, it's pretty interesting where he was trying to buy, let me give you money for this power. Like it's dude, it, it, it blows my mind, uh, you know, but uh, I, I still think it's, it's happening today, you know, in front of our faces in, in churches and, and with, uh, other folks as well. They're using the name of Jesus to, I guess, puff their ego or, or get more people into their church and get more money and all this other stuff. And it's sad because it, in the end, it can turn folks away from Christ. Exactly. Well, you know, like any, um, if you're a good modern day, uh, evangelist, you know, uh, when Simon offered money here, you know, you would have gave him a bottle of your, uh, super powerful, uh, holy water out of the Jordan river, you know, and, and uh, charge yeah. him a thousand bucks or whatever. You know? <laughs> hey, it's a, I, I think I sent you a commercial, uh, not too long ago where I was doing cardio and there was a commercial come on and, and they had little packs of holy water you could buy. And I was like, what in the world, man? And I, <laughs> I think I sent it to you and I sent yeah. it to Dr. Brown and, he said, I can't believe this heresy is still going on. <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of stuff is so ridiculous. And it gives it gives uh, true preachers of the gospel and Christians a bad name. Uh, Absolutely. We we should in no way. Listen, I believe in tithes. I believe in offerings. I believe in giving. Uh, mm-hmm. but we should in no way prostitute the gospel to try to get rich. No, uh, no. You know, if the Lord blesses us through ministry 
and we have material things and we have money in the bank, then praise God. But that should never be the preacher's primary goal is to try to get people to feed him money uh, just so right. that he can pad his pockets. Amen, dude. It's about sharing the, the, the good, the good word, brother. And I'm, yes, you know, it's, it's, it, you see it today, man, where, like I said, people are trying to pump their egos up. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, I guess, yeah, I mean, there was a study not too long ago done where, you know, it, it the, the churches are full. There's churches that are slammed full 5,000 people or more, but the spiritual, like, I guess, um, uh, and what word am I looking for? The depth of the, the relationship with Jesus. There you go. Uh, of, of America uh, is just not there. It's like a Sunday thing they do. But then, you know, Monday through Saturday, they're living, you know, living in hell practically. Exactly. I mean, I've seen I've seen studies where it said 80 uh, percent. The last study that I remember seeing 80 percent of Americans claim to be Christians. Right. And man, if 80 percent of America were truly Christians, this yeah. country wouldn't be in the shape that it's in. No, no. You see, there's a, a falling away of the, the, the young adults and the youth as well. I, my, my pastor spoke on this not too long ago, and that's why his heart, you know, our church's heart is really about youth ministry and stuff like that. But there's a falling away of the, the, the young believers because of the, the doctrine that's being poured into them through whatever schools or the media or whatnot. And, mm -hmm. uh, dude, it, it's very sad. I mean, I mean, you, you've got Simon here who was around these apostles were around Peter and John Philip. And yet he, his heart was still not right. It was a heart issue. You know what I mean? He didn't have a true relationship with Jesus. So that's, you know, and I can sit here and we've touched on this many, many times where back in my twenties, I was saved at 17. Um, but living, you know, life in hell through my twenties, I did not have a relationship with Jesus. So that was me. You know, I can look here at 39 now, and Lord knows I still mess up day in, day out. But I can say that I have a way better relationship with Jesus now. Like my heart's convicted over certain sin or, or certain ways I act or a mood swing or whatnot. And that's when you know you have a true transformation. You know, if you got, you know, these feelings where you're being convicted of certain things um, and you want to share the gospel and not be glorified for it. It's, you know, you're not boasting. You're boasting in the Lord. Um, so, all right. I don't want to get on a rant there. So. <laughs> It's, it's just an important lesson for all of us. Uh, you know, God is not a spare tire. And, right. uh, you know, uh, my stepdad, uh, he preached a message one time of, uh, he was talking about, and he actually took a, a Jack in the box and nice. you'd wind it up. And, yeah. you know, so many people do that. They, they have this God in a box and they put it on a mm -hmm. shelf and then when they want something or need something, they pull it down and they wind it up and they want him to just pop out and grant them their three wishes. And then right. whenever everything's going good, they stuff him back down in that box, put him back on the shelf. And nope. that is, that is not a true relationship with Jesus. Right. Yeah. I got to, you know, another quote here. Let me, let me, let me find this real quick. I won't take forever, but I was listening to a, a sermon the other day. I believe I might've sent it to you from uh, Paul Washer. And, you know, he really just speaks truth and, and he'll, he'll call things out. But 
It says, if you're going to be a man of God or a man of prayer, you must first of all know God. And you can do that by getting into God's word. So in my twenties, we talked about, and we talk about this Jack in the box thing where there's moments where I went to God when, when life was tough. And then when life was going good, like you said, I stuffed him back in that box. I didn't know God. I didn't get into God's word. And that's where we really have to be careful. Like Philip, he knew God, you know, he mm -hmm. knew God, he knew God's word. Uh, not saying Simon didn't know the word, but I believe Simon lacked knowing God. He maybe lacked knowing the this personal relationship with Jesus. And he just wanted to have his ego puffed up. And that's where we have to be careful, man. We have to be careful because when we're doing God's work and we're all, no matter who, who's listening to this right now, if you're a, a grocery store clerk, a mechanic, a doctor, uh, or an NFL football player, we are all called to, called to do God's work, share the gospel. Yeah. And we have to be careful because the enemy will try and trick us just like he did Judas, just like he did Simon and start trying to puff our egos up. Um, no matter if it's the smallest of things or the largest of things. So just a little lesson out there. Be careful with that. Yeah, definitely. Right. I'm glad that you brought that up because I don't care what anybody says. Uh, you can try to be the most humble person in the world. Um, but anytime the Lord uses you, whether it's to preach a word or to witness to somebody, or, you know, you see, you see seeds that you planted, uh, you know, come, uh, to fulfillment and, and mm -hmm. somebody gives their heart to the Lord or, or you pray for someone and you see them healed or whatever, uh, the enemy immediately will come and try to plant that seed of pride. Oh, yeah. and, and get you to take pride in that what was accomplished instead of glorifying God. Sure. Instead, instead of glorifying God, he wants you to say, well, you know, look what I did. You know, yeah. and I, I went through I went through that phase uh, several years ago. I remember like it was yesterday. I I wouldn't admit it at the time. But looking back now, man. Um, I began taking pride. You know, I was, I was, uh, the Lord was using me. I would lay hands on people and they would be filled with the Holy spirit. I, I watched people get up out of wheelchairs. I watched a girl's blind eye be open and you know, that those amazing things, uh, that God was doing. Um, I come to the place where, I was trying to puff myself up and I was, you know, I wanted that. I wanted the recognition and I wanted people saying, Oh man, you got to go to Casey's meetings. You got to, you got to have him come to your church or if he's preaching anywhere, you need to get there because the Lord's using him and the Lord's doing this and Lord's. And it was, it was not about Jesus. It, it became about me. And I'm glad that the Lord humbled me and showed me uh, the truth. Amen. Brother, and the thing is, you changed, you, you learned from it, you were convicted by it. And some don't, some completely uh, destroy their ministry, destroy their lives because they get so puffed up about it, you know, and it's, we can't do that. I mean, we have to remain humble. Uh, it's all about humility to the Lord. It's all about fearing God and, and allowing him to work in you and through you for his purpose, obviously, you know, not for to, to glorify or gratify anything that we can do. 
Uh, and dude, as we continue into Acts and, and we continue into the study of Paul and all this stuff, we'll see that he was an ultimate man of just laying it all down. You know, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but, you know, an ultimate, ultimate man, just like Philip, we see here, he gave it. I mean, he gave his all to, to sharing the gospel. Um, so did Peter and John and all the other apostles. Amen. I, I want to finish reading right here about Simon, uh, just to kind of finish up talking about him. So he saw uh, the Holy Spirit come upon these people and he offered the people of uh, the, the apostles money saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this, your wickedness and pray God. If perhaps the thought of your heart be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Now, verse 24. Then Simon answered and said, pray to the Lord for me that none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me. So maybe that sounds to me like maybe Simon repented. Yeah, it does. You know, to me as well. So. Uh, hopefully that's the case. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Cause I, even in some of my footnotes here in my Bible, it doesn't really say uh, much about this as Simon could not truly believe without renouncing his carnal perspective. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does seem like he, that's a good question. I could probably ask uh, Dr. Brown dive in a little bit more too for next week and try and have an answer. But I, I, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it, it's all about your heart and making sure it's right with God. And, and, and you know, <laughs> if uh, the apostles, Peter, and you know, John are sitting there, um, you know, pretty much uh, getting on to him, you would think that him saying, pray for me to, to the Lord, that nothing of what you've said may come upon me. That, that sounds like a, you know, uh, it sounds like he repented to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of compare it to the, uh, the rich young ruler who, you know, comes to Jesus and, you know, he says, uh, what must I do to be saved? And and Jesus tells him all the commandments. He says, well, I've done all that. And he said, okay, we'll sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and follow me. And right. then, you know, instead of doing that, uh, that man, it said he hung his head and, and walked away. He went away sad. Uh, in this case, it looks to me like uh, Peter's boldness uh, speaking the truth to Simon. You know, Simon's like, oh, wait a minute. I don't want mm-hmm. that. You know, m- maybe it, it sounds like uh, he was jarred and, uh, and, and changed there, I hope. Now, I, I will say this. Uh, I have commentary in front of me, Warren Wearsby. Of course, we all have different uh, commentaries to use. I don't want to get too far into it because we'll be going on for two hours a night. But in this commentary, it, and, and it does kind of open my eyes to something. And he has a little quote here. Um, so Simon's response to these severe words of warning were not, not at all encouraging. He was more concerned about avoiding judgment than getting right with God. It says there is no evidence that he repented uh, because a sinner who wants the prayer of others 
but who will not pray himself is not going to enter God's kingdom. So we can look at it that way. We can look at it that way as well. Like if you come to me and rebuke me and I go, well, brother, please pray for me. Instead of going, Lord, please forgive me. Is there well, some words there? <laughs> yeah. Well, so, you know, now that you, now that you mentioned that, yeah, I can definitely yeah. see it that way. But so. we don't, I mean, that's a good, good, uh, a good way to look at it is if, you know, we're especially, you know, the sinner's prayer, I can pray for you to be saved all day long, but if you don't pray, Hey Lord Jesus, I accept you as my savior, bro, I can't get you to heaven. You know what exactly. I mean? You got to do that yourself, you know, by accepting Christ. So that's a, uh, that's a good little, I don't know, just a little note there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's right. And that's something that I've never thought about, but I mean, looking at it now, uh, I could see where that would probably be true. So, yeah. I, and I, I think, you know, Hey dude, uh, in closing tonight, I think that's a good, good thing is we'll go back to verse 21 and they're talking to Simon and that last part of verse 21 for your heart is not right before God. And it's so important that we be sure that our hearts are right with God, man. You know, waking up every single day and, and just saying, good morning, Lord. You know, what, what am I to do? What am I to do today? You know, going to God with your, with your problems, going to God, giving him thanks for your blessings, just being sure your heart is right with God. Your heart is right. You know, Jesus Christ, because like I said, I, you know, I know where my heart is. Some of my friends, I don't know where their heart is. You know what I mean? And, and I can't get them to heaven, but what I can do is direct them towards how to get to heaven. You know what I mean? So it's a matter of being sure our hearts are right and, and being sure we know who Jesus is. And if there's things going on in our life where the enemy's puffing our egos up, that we repent and we say, Father, forgive me. You know, um, I need your help. So. Amen. Yeah. Uh, we can we cannot ride anybody's coattails into heaven. And absolutely not. You know, you're <laughs> going back to what I was talking about earlier about supposedly 80% of America being Christian. Um, listen, those people probably answered that they were Christians because they've been to church yeah. or because their parents were more Christians or their grandparents were Christians or, you know, you're not, you're not a Christian because you go to church. Right. Uh, sadly, there are a lot of people around the world who sit on pews every time the doors are open and they're going to bust hell wide open. Uh, oh, yeah. So Brother. Go- yeah. going to church does not make you uh, a Christian. Uh, it's only uh, being saved by the blood of Jesus, believing in his finished work. That's yeah. what uh, that's what makes you a Christian. That's it. And, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, I'm a ruffle feathers. I'm, but you know what? Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in God's word from uh, the beginning of Genesis all the way to revelation, nowhere in the Bible does it say, Hey, you just got to be a good person. You'll make it to heaven. It constantly reminds us that we have to call upon the name Jesus Christ and believe that he is the son of God, that he died, that he rose again, um, for us. And that is our only way into heaven, not being a good person. So a lot yeah. of good people out there. A lot of good. There people. are uh, a well, lot of good people who don't believe, and right, uh, their fate's going to be the same as as everybody else who don't know Jesus. That's right. But like we talked about before, it's so simple. 
God made it, God made it so simple. He, he, he made this thing so easy that a, a toddler could understand it. Oh yeah. My five year old does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Jesus came to this earth. He lived a perfect life because you couldn't, we couldn't. Right. Mm. And he went to the cross as our perfect sacrifice. Sir. And now when we place our faith in his finished work, his life, death, burial, resurrection, and his second coming, when we place our faith in who Jesus is and what he has done, then the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us and he leads us and guides us on a daily basis. God did not leave us here to figure this thing out on our own. He lives inside of every true born again believer to lead them and guide them. If only we will let him. So praise the Lord that he made it simple, simple. Amen. Two old country boys like us can can get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been hitting the head. I've been hitting the head with many chairs, brother. I'm, I'm, I ain't gonna say I'm a dummy, but I need it simple. And thank God it's it is so simple, man. So simple. Amen. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we thank you for joining us this week. And uh, as we always tell you, uh, if the podcast is a blessing, be sure to share it with others. Um, let people know about it. You can find me Instagram and uh, Twitter at real Casey cage. Yep. Yep. And then uh, same for me, Instagram and Twitter at Jackson Riker, WWE hit us up. Also uh, questions, thoughts, prayer requests, comments, wrestling for the faith at gmail.com. And you can also find wrestling for the faith on Facebook. So All right, guys, thank you so much. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. We encourage you to subscribe and leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.